morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is Friday. And uh, I worked hard and late. <laughs> uh, as you know, yesterday was the deadline for 2019 tax season. And uh, you can still file your taxes. I have individuals. Matter of fact, two individuals that uh, I'm waiting on uh, to give me a call so we can have our Zoom meeting. <clears throat> but <clears throat> with that said, I was um, catching up with the news. So yesterday, y'all, y'all didn't hear nothing from me. And I think I, I when I did post it something, it was already in queue. And I just forgot to post it, publish it. So, so I'm like two days behind on my publishing greeting you guys and I apologize for that uh, but with that said um, I tell you I'm listening to the news and I'm seeing they on a debate trail and you know what I'm, I'm like I'm like the doctor on iRobot <laughs> when he they asked Will Smith to come to this building because you know the, the doctor they say the doctor committed suicide <clears throat> and they tried to blame it on the robot. And if you've seen the movie, you kind of familiarize what I'm sharing. And Will was asking him a question um, for him to give him an answer. And the doctor responded and said, um, you're not asking the right question. So it's like you had to ask the right question to obtain the right answer. And I was waiting for them to get a, uh, a, a a black African, a black person up there to ask Trump some questions. And as always, I just don't like how they're doing this. And I know they have to be political right. They got to say their words right or whatever. But man, just come on and, and just do and say what you have to say. All right? You know, just say and do what you have to say to make that statement as the moderating uh, Savannah reporter. Uh, she was asking him, but just, just say it like this here. And he was like, well, I do. I, he said, I denounce white supremacists. He said, I deny Antifa. He said, why y'all don't ask Biden? And, you know, it's, it's a lot of childish stuff with that. Um, you know, and, and just like I could say, I could say, um... Trying to fix my coffee, y'all. I lost the train of thought. But overall, so the young lady actually said that she's she's a educator. She has a black son, and if he get reelected, what is um, the course of action on how my son won't get wrongfully profiled and the justice system is corrected? And so as Trump. He gonna bring in his numbers. He said, "Well, he said, good question, excellent question." He was like, um, underneath, he said, "I've I've created this commission for uh, new policies and in, in criminalization, and and um, I've done a lot of people don't like me to say this here, but I've done a lot for the black American community. I've gave money to." colleges and um i've i've done this and i've done that and i'm trying to understand really you did when 
the college just really was going broke, and I believe um, it was the Black Stars Entertainment was donating money to the black colleges. So what is he talking about? You know, that's not true. And he still didn't answer the question to me because it's all about policing, you know. And then he's going to say, well, I had a, I had a, uh, uh, they presented this to me and the Democrats, they stopped it. And what is this part about the Democrats? And man, I'm like, I'm just so, I, I just like, why don't y'all abolish this? I mean, the word of God say, if the house is divided, how can it stand? America is divided, period. It should, you know what I'm saying? It's divided. It should be one republic. You know, one democracy. Everybody vote, law, you know what I'm saying? It should have some systems and policies and procedures in place that everybody have to give an account to somebody, right? But overall, this 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 back and forth stuff is just horrible. You know, and like he was saying about the um the stimulus package. Now they had the young black man that was doing a video. He asked a question. He said, though the economy, you keep speaking about the economy, but it still got people unemployed, out of work, out their homes, been evicted. Why not just separate, which they were supposed to, the original Heroes Act. And I think I put that on my program the other day, the reading of just what was in the Heroes Act and what it was impacting, right? What it consists of, okay? And as the the um, person who was asking the question, it was a black man, he said, why not just separate all the other stuff that y'all are fighting for and just release the stimulus part for the American people? And so he, so Trump said, well, I've done that. I say, Pelosi, Go big or go home, you know, trying to be just throwing words out there, you know, and he know he don't want that like that because they, the Republicans have their rebuttal. Like I stated before, go to Congress.gov and, and, look, and look at the Heroes Act and then they have the different tabs and you can see the dialogue back and forth because they have to transcribe it and it's public records. Okay, uh, they they don't expect the American people to understand what's going on. That's why they throw certain words out there to manipulate the mindsets of you guys out there to think one way and it's their way. You have to open up your mind, begin to um, critical thinkingize yourself. I know I just made up a word, <laughs> you know, and really sit down and analyze it for yourself. And, and they have many others that feel the same way. You're not just going to sit here and tell me anything without me going and search it out because I've been rope a long enough. And see, that's what the American people, especially I know black people, we're tired of being rope a We're tired of you just saying one thing and you're saying something else. Now, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I'm kind of starting to get teed off with Biden now because he's starting to sound like a, 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 a repeat, a record on repeat now. Okay, some kind of way Trump then, then tapped into your mental mental anguish, <laughs> you know, and you so you trying to combat him so much, you forgetting about your purpose. Nobody want to hear about um creating jobs anymore. Okay, we already know the jobs the jobs jobs 
How you gonna create jobs when you're in the middle of a pandemic and nobody will have have a solution on how this thing gonna play out? So jobs is, is secondary. People just need some 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 flow. You should be talking about creating revenue for small businesses because of this pandemic. We want to create small businesses to enhance themselves to become more techno technic, you know, in this tech world and have the technology resources to thrive in a business. Nobody don't want no jobs no more. Jobs are not secure anymore. Now having a job to me is is a danger to my health. Going out in public and work amongst other individuals that I don't even know if they tested positive or not is a hazard to my health. That might be kind of stretching it for me, but that's how I'm looking at it. This is my only debate about all of it. So I I don't even hear about talking about jobs. Nobody wanna hear about no jobs no more. Let's take care of these small businesses, these independent contractors, these these uh, individuals that have the um, that are long, long landscapers and in, in barbery and cosmetologists, mechanics. Come on now, consultants that help consult other consultants. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Let's talk about that. And so now it's like, I don't even want to hear it anymore. So I'm really, I'm looking on the ticket and I'm like, okay, uh, I want my vote to count. And I want it to go to a person that I know that's going to have my community in mind. And, and, And right now... I'm seeing where where they more effort to sit down and work a whole plan out for the black community on the Biden Harris ticket, but out in the open they're not talking about it, and see that concerns me. As a black person, as a black mother, as a black grandmother, as a black great grandmother, as a niece, as a as an auntie to my to my nephews and to my nieces, to my cousins that are males. See, this is what I'm looking at another 50 years ahead. This is what I'm looking at. How the table is going to turn with this. And that's why it's so important. And that's why, uh, since they want to call it out, Democrats are opposing and voting um, Judge Barrett in because of the writings and what she stood for on her bench as a judge and what she teach in her writings. It supersedes her. She's very intelligent, very on a high scale of the intellect. Right? So all those... Um, writings that the Democrats brought out and what she stood for and how she handled each case had brought concerns, especially for the black community. See, as long as they can keep us in the limbo with this economics crap and Roe versus Wade foolishness in the green 
playing. They're not. There's a small screen, you guys, for not really dealing with what's the pressing issue right now. And it's the black lives in this country. The black lives in this country. And I'm so tired of the white folks making light of saying they are so tired of every time a conversation come up. Why it has to be a race issue? Why it has to always be about a black issue? Because it is a black issue and it is a race issue. And our people are dying sensibly. They are dying young. They are dying without a cause. And they're not just dying. They are being murdered. Legally being murdered. And justice is not being served. So I don't want to hear nothing about the GOP and the tax cuts for corporations. I don't want to hear about the green plan. And I'm tired of hearing about your damn taxes. Leave the man alone about his taxes. Go on about your way. Because the Bible is true. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. Every person on this earth, even with myself, we got to give an account for our life. It don't matter what position you hold, no matter how many numbers. You can't go before that throne of God and say, well, Lord, you know, the GOP, I got it up for you, you know. And and, and, and the corporate tax, I help a lot of corporations. Yeah, but the corporations is nothing without the people that's in the warehouse. Come on. And when you do the least to these, you do it unto me. And I say, Lord, if your word is true, you see what's going on out here in this world. I just don't want to be part of a prayer group praying, oh, Lord, God bless America. No, God is judging America. And America needs to repent. And I know a lot of individuals don't want to associate with me. But I am telling you, and I'm feeling what the heart of God feeling. And America needs to repent. And how you repent, how you sincerely repent, America, white folks that have this white privilege and white supremacy attitude from generation to generation needs to have a hard old repentance. And what I want to hear any president to say, I'm tired of it. Since I'm coming to the light, I'm coming to the understanding, I'm tired of hearing all that bull crap. Because I'm looking on Congress.gov and the reparation, hey, been on that ticket since 1997. And they've been kicking it to the side. But oh, they got money, they're giving money here. They're signing bills and sending money there. They got money for this cause. They got money for that cause. But they refuse to respect the black race. And I really, really wish, I really, really wish that our black people could come in unity and come strong and don't vote at all. 
I know we got to fight for our vote to write, but guess what? What if none of us go to that poll and vote? I'm just saying hypothetically, it'll crash the system. It'll crash the economy. Worldwide, black people just stop. Don't do nothing. Don't buy nothing. Don't go nowhere. Hey, all over the world, it'll be a serious shutdown. It'll be a serious shutdown, and I'm telling you, and I believe, and I know it's not going to happen, but I'm just, that's just my own heart feeling. If you could come together like that, all shades of color, come together like that, and really protest, seriously protest, call on the hand of the Almighty. Call on the hand of Almighty. And while you're out there protesting, let's be saying, I'll, I'll be out there and say the Our Father prayer. Just keep saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses that we forgive those that trespass against us. We forgiven the white race. How you know we forgiven the white race? Because we still got to work among you. We still try to show love. We still help. We still be kind. No matter what, you could talk condescending to us all kind of ways, be sarcastic. And every person that I know for a fact that have a sense of common sense, strive to live peaceably upon all, among all men. We just trying to live our everyday life. But, Lord, we forgive them that those that trespass against us, we forgive them. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. But deliver us. But deliver us from this evil mindset, this evil wickedness of the heart of man. Deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, your power, and your glory. So I'm tired of it now, y'all. I'm tired of it. I'm I'm in serious prayer in the midst of doing everything that I'm doing. But I don't want to hear about that no more. What are you going to do to repent? And what are you going to do that's going to actively and sincerely... You want to put all these programs in place. You always got to have a program. Yeah, we got to have a program. You have to have policies and procedures, systems in place. So everything can have its checks and balances. That is understandable. But you always got to have somebody in there to chip away of some kind of malice. Like a, a, a rotten apple to spoil a whole bunch. That's what needs to get chipped away. That rotten apple. And the programs need to be able to be benefit for the black race. We don't need nobody else to come in and chip away at nothing. So, that's my little morning rant. That's how my heart feel right now. That's where I stand. And that's just how it is. And so on this lovely Friday, in this... It, look, it looks dreary outside like it's going to rain or whatever, but it's a blessed day.
overall, it's a blessed, wonderful day. And I give God the glory for this day. And I honor him for this day. And I thank him that he allowed me to see another day. That I can receive his love and his mercy and his grace. And I pray that his mercy endure forever over your life, over your family life, over your children's life. And I just want to encourage all my, my black community, my Hispanic community. God said... Everything is going to be all right. We just got to hold on a little longer. Just keep seeking him. Put him first and he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of us, y'all. It's just that all the rhetoric, I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of it. it just It's just like a game, you know? If you don't have that money for that power to be in the mix of all that that's happening, it's just a game. It don't even It don't even matter to us. Like Michael Jackson said in his words, they don't really care about us. They don't. It's all about what they can do. But I have the confidence to know that God Almighty, his eyes is upon the righteous. His name is the strong tower. And if you believe and trust in him, run into him and it is safe. It is safety in him. It is safety in him. So you guys be blessed. Dr. D with the Boom Factor, tune in. Um, I just, I keep speaking it out. So I'm encouraging myself too. I'm speaking it out. November 7th going to be the Boom Factor party on Zoom link. I think I got about three of you guys sent me an email. Thank you very much. Uh, I will be sending out that link um, probably the week, the last week of October. Okay. Um, so they, uh, um, I got to check that because of the, what's happening with the, the text deadline, I was swamp and I, Ooh, I worked very, very, I think all the way to one o'clock last night, you know, but I made sure I had put everybody's stuff in by 12 and uh, so now I got to do the folders and stuff and send this stuff out. So. Uh, I'm going to get in here and finish doing that. And I just pray y'all have a good day. Today is Friday. Be careful. Stay safe. When you go out in a crowd of people, wear your mask. When you're walking, jogging, riding your bike, hey, you can breathe, okay? <laughs> I see people in their cars with their masks on. I'm like, um, you're by yourself. You don't need a mask on. You know, um, that's kind of interesting seeing that. But overall, I love you guys. I thank God for all the prayers and your care and your love towards the Boom Factor Show. Me. Uh, thank you, guys. I see y'all signing up, um, subscribing to the Boom Factor TV. Go ahead over there on YouTube and subscribe, Boom Factor TV. Uh, I don't have nothing up there new yet. Uh, I'll be putting some stuff up there. So I just want y'all, you guys to go over there and just be ready. Cause it's gonna be it's gonna be good, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. God bless you all. Zoom in on the five hundred billion dollars for black people. Since y'all think we lying, this is the only reference to five hundred billion. It says seek infrastructure funding that will lead to widespread growth in the annual
$500 billion federal contracting opportunities. Yes, exactly. Let, 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 let me say it again. That, y'all, that ain't got nothing to do. That is not, we're going to invest $500 billion in black communities at all. Period. That has nothing. So for all y'all saying the plan has $500 billion for black people, that is a lie. It is a lie. That's, that, that's for their contractors. Here's another deal. Yep. This is what it says. Increased opportunities for small business lending and technical assistance through community development financial institutions in order to grow business and create generational wealth opportunities with over $400 billion in lending. No, we don't want that. Okay. They are not, that does not say they are going to, to create $400 billion in lending. Right. Y'all, that, that's not what that says. No. That's not what it says. In order to grow business and create generational wealth opportunities with over $400 billion in lending. Uh, who's actually getting that? The companies, who, the see, corporations. That's, that's the deal. That's right. See, so when y'all fall for the okie doke. Yep. Come on. When you fall for the okie doke. And, and same thing. And I, and I broke it down in here. And we're going to deal with it mm-hmm. in a minute when Ice Cube comes on. Champion federal policy reforms to advance home ownership initiatives. What the hell is that? <laughs> we don't need that. Just what, give us what, our money what, and give us a what, piece of land. We don't the want the that? money to that, go through other hands. That's right. What, what are your current housing plans right now? Right. What did you do when black home ownership dropped to 40%? Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing. See, this is why you know, I call this the aluminum foil plan. Mm-hmm. This is why I right. painted it because it's BS. And folks are, oh, Trump got a platinum plan. Because he think when y'all hear platinum, you thinking all of a sudden some bottles going to be popping. Yep. And some women going to walk out with little sparkles, sparkly things all flying on top of it. And it's like, ooh, the platinum plan. Yeah. No. That's not what it is. That's going to enrich them more. It's not what it is. All right, folks. Yesterday, Essence of the Black Women's Roundtable uh, actually released their uh, sixth, sixth annual Power of the Sister Vote poll. The poll is conducted annually to gauge the political concerns, attitudes, and opinions of black women across the country and identify what black women want for their vote from presidential candidates in 2020. Joining us right now is Melanie Campbell, president of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation and convener of the Black Women's Roundtable, plus Dr. Avis Jones Weaver, senior analyst for Black Women's Roundtable Resource Development. All right, Melanie, exactly what does this survey say uh, black women want? Can't hear you, Melanie. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Unmute. There you go. Go ahead. First of all, I just want to say thank you. I was following you and while you were in Texas and Dallas and Houston and all over the place and getting that vote out and sharing uh, just how our folks was, uh, would not be moved. So I just wanted to say that to you. Appreciate and it. And all you're doing to make sure our people show up and show out and, and, and get our vote. Uh, uh, counted. Uh, well, six years we partnered with Essence, and so the number one issue cross generations again, three years in a row racism, rising hate crimes were number one, number two, criminal justice and policing reform, number three, affordable health care. Uh, and a couple other things that were, and, and it was all about survival, safety, and stability were top black community concerns for black women. And when it came to what they want the candidates to address the, uh, uh, for our vote, 
And that's a question we asked them. Uh, one that has a plan to reduce structural and systemic racism was 49%. Policing and criminal justice reform, 45%. Plans to eradicate uh, COVID-19 was 30%. So the issues uh, for these last three years under this administration uh, went from uh, the first three years, they were more aspirational, if you will. We, we were focused on affordable uh, college you know, uh, you know, college um, affordability and things that had to do with, uh, that were, again, aspirational. But in these last three years, um, this is not a, 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 uh, a society these days that we're living in the United States that is not, it's not covert racism, it's outright racism, it's outright white, white nationalism. And we're seeing that um, across the board and it's coming from the top. And so that's why we uh, see this when it comes to what black women are thinking uh, about what their concerns are. Supreme Court is on the top of the list as well. A concern, 63% of black women have a concern about what was going on with the Supreme Court. Um, and then I'd like to, and then, um, so those were some of the top lines that Avis may have some others she definitely would, would share. Avis? Yeah, I think what was really, to me, really striking to us is that over and over and over again, this issue of safety and survival kept coming up in the survey in various ways. So, for example, in past years, we might have seen a little bit of a difference between how um, more seasoned women respond in terms of their most critical priorities and how younger generations like millennials and Zs might respond. But that wasn't the case this year, by and large. All women across various different age demographics, their number one concern for them in terms of their communities, as well as their number one concern with regards to their specific families and their personal issues that impacted their lives, was this issue of having to, of this issue of the rise in hate crime and racism uh, in America. We see that as a mortal threat for our community at large and for us personally. I think another key issue that I think that the Democrats need to take uh, notes on uh, is this issue of how black women are feeling with regards to how well the Democratic Party is serving their interests. Uh, we are seeing, once again, a bit of a uh, a generational shift there uh, where older women are more likely to say that than younger women. However, we are seeing that Democrats have been able to improve a great deal from last year when we did this survey with regards to young women's perceptions of the party uh, being able to represent their interests. So it, it, that to me tells me that a lot of our younger, younger women, our Gen Zs, our millennials, they really want to. They really want to see policy change. You know, they are really about the substance. And at the end of the day, black women really are very pragmatic voters. They want to make sure that the person that they vote for moves on those issues that they care about, like attacking systemic racism, uh, like making sure that this COVID crisis is addressed with a cogent party, um, cogent policy, and also making sure uh, that we are able to address this issue of criminal justice and policing reform. You know, these are key issues that are important for black women voters, and I would argue that they are important for the entire black community. Um, Melanie, one of the things that, uh, when, again, when we look at uh, how folks vote, I mean, at the end of the day, Black women are no different from anybody else. If you speak to us and our issues, then we are going to vote accordingly. The argument, the argument that I was making even a little bit early with those DCCC ads they're dropping now in targeted congressional districts 19 days out is you need to be talking to and speaking to and messaging 24-7, 365, so you're not trying to play catch up around election time. Right. Right. Uh, of course, I will 
will say uh, that some of the sisters I know that in in the inside of the party have been working hard for the past year. The Wakinias and the um, uh, uh, Clanton uh, and. Um, uh, and, and other sisters that are inside of the par- party, because you know, uh, Roland, I know you, you had me on uh, when Glenda Carr and we all signed that letter. I think that was two years ago. And so one of the things, and we had several meetings and and, and seeing a lot more happened, at least from the, I can't speak all for the DCCC because we know how it gets, depending on which committee it gets in the weeds about it. But with the DNC, I can say that some of those sisters that are in there getting it uh, have been grinding for well over a year, if not longer. Oh, no, 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 no. The sisters sisters in the party have been grinding. But let's yeah. just be real clear. The problem is that those who are in the decision-making positions who determine where the assets go, who determine those various things, that's the problem. A, a, a consistent problem. And I, I, and I would say that I hope that it, that some of that has improved. Uh, I stay on this nonpartisan side, so I, especially this time of year, so I, haven't, I don't really say I have a handle on what's happening on the partisan side of politics. I keep my firewall up to make sure that we do what we need to do on the nonpartisan well, side. I, well, I got, I well, 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 I, well, I got one. I got one. I ain't, I ain't got to play nobody's side. I get to call. I, I get to call out anybody and everybody. But the but the, but the, but the bottom line is this here, and, and what and what I'm saying is is you have to let folks know what you're doing. Look, I've been telling the CBC that I have told the CBC, the CBC Foundation, the CBC Pet, the CBC Institute. Don't nobody know what the hell y'all doing. You can't if you don't message. If you don't communicate. Folk just don't know. The average person really does not know what a member of Congress does. They just think, well, I ain't seen you pass no bills, not realizing that you can have a profound impact on policy and you won't put your name on nothing. I think, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Roland. Uh, You know, first of all, let me just say, putting on my independent entrepreneurial hat here, that definitely (laughs) the, 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 the Democratic Party needs a ton of help with messaging. I completely agree with that. And I also agree with what you just said about, uh, you know, oftentimes when people are busy in their everyday lives, they really have no idea, really, uh, who's responsible for what's happening on Capitol Hill that ultimately trickles down to impact their lives. Like, you will hear a lot of people, maybe someone who will be coming on your show in a few minutes, who will try to be saying things about how Barack Obama didn't, didn't do anything for black people. And I would want to ask him, what the hell does he think that uh, Donald Trump has been deconstructing for his first three years That's in right. office. Come on now. He's been going through yeah. every policy Everything. and every institute, every department of this government that you can imagine deconstructing all of the things that President Obama did. You know why? Because he was busy working. He wasn't busy on some basic uh, sort of commercial acts in terms of marketing about everything that he was doing in the same way that this marketer in chief is doing right now with his platinum slash tinfoil plan. So what, what I want people to understand is that oftentimes you're exactly right. A lot of things that go on goes, it's, it's kind of invisible because we aren't really made aware of it at the time. And that's exactly why we're seeing this shift in our poll, because we saw that under the Obama administration, black women's uh, priorities were more aspirational. At that time, they prioritized things like making college more affordable, making public education uh, a, a more quality experience for all children. But right now, under the Trump administration, they're just trying to live. Their priorities are now not getting killed by a racist. Yes. Their priorities now yes. is not getting killed by Got the it. police. 
their priority now is being able to go into the hospital if they happen to contract coronavirus. So when things are going well, sometimes we don't even see all the things that people are doing for us that are elected officials that are making a difference in our lives. Exactly. So the um, so final point, Melanie, what what uh, in about 30 seconds, what more should people know about this particular plan, this uh, survey? Well, it's, it, it, I can say to, to, to all those who uh, need the black vote, black women's vote, if you want to know what black women want, go check us out with unitycampaign.org. But I can't leave this thing it's, uh, without saying part of this is not just to uh, do this for for exercise, but also to make sure that we have a, a, a roadmap on the things that we know we're going to be focusing in on to hold elected officials accountable, whoever gets elected in That's 2021. Right. That's right. And again, at Make sure that you have a vote plan. Stay in those lines. Don't we know they're trying to steal our vote? We're yep. not going to have it on our watch. Have a plan. Make sure you have a plan. Know where you need to go vote and go vote early or, or, or get ready on election day. And that and then so thank you, Roland. And again, thank you for all you were doing uh, and to continue to get the message out to our people. All right, certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot, uh, Melanie Campbell and Dr. Avis Jones Weaver. We appreciate it. Thanks thank a you. lot. Going to a Thank commercial you. break. When we come back, we'll talk with Ice Cube. We'll just talk about uh, his contract with Black America, the Trump campaign, saying that he helped them with their platinum plan and all of the criticism that he has been receiving. That is next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Wow. It's, that's, that's, I'm and telling you. That's why what we're seeing so much, this especially is, when you look at you know who's controlling the country and how the country is being controlled, it is because... You know, the powers that be and those that know how the system works right. are taking advantage of the system for their own interests. So part of it when it comes to this millennial generation is education. you got to understand why it's so important. Understand what's really at stake. So the things that you're seeing that they may be seeing right now that make you angry, here's how you can affect change. Hi, you guys. Um, this is Dr. B. Um, midday. Still doing some work. Um, did a awesome, I think, two-minute video encouraging individuals to stay up time to do their taxes. But with that said, I'm also, while I'm doing my work, I'm always striving to see what else is going on. And um, yesterday episode, I believe I had posted in this morning, I think, about Trump stating about his plan. You know, well, I got a copy of the plan. And and I'm listening to Roland Martin unfilter his show on YouTube, and they're gonna have Ice Cube on the show. So I want y'all to listen to this because this plan here, um, it looks good and it reads good, but the thing about it, the monies that they plan on dishing out, uh, supposed to be for the Black America. It's still going through corporations and companies. We don't want that. Don't don't solidify this like this. I don't agree with it. We we you've been doing this all through the decades, and the the uh, black individuals still have not benefited. You know this generational wealth that we we that's due. Okay, so I want you guys to listen to this, and I'm gonna rebuttal on it later. Okay. President Trump's groundbreaking black Trump platform, the Platinum Plan. 
Katrina Pearson. He was also had, also had this here. Shout out to Ice Cube for his willingness to step up and work with Donald Trump administration to help develop the platinum plan. That has caused a lot of people uh, to be very critical of Ice Cube. Many call him a turncoat, all kind of other names. And so as opposed to sitting here having people just talk about it, we said we'll talk to him. He joins us now. Uh, glad to have you back on Roller Martin Unfiltered, Ice Cube. So let, let, let's start this way. Um, when, when they say you worked with them to develop the platinum plan, what does that actually mean? What did you do? Who did you talk to? Well, what they did, they had a plan. Uh, their plan is the platinum plan. My plan is the contract with Black America. So they, they have their platinum plan, and they saw uh, things in the contract with Black America that were directed, uh, you know, directly to Black Americans and not just to all minorities. And um, they asked to speak with us. Um, I, I always told everybody, as soon as we finish the contract with Black America, or not finish because it's still a growing uh, document, I told everybody that I was going to meet with both sides, and I don't know why they didn't believe me. Um, this is not a partisan issue. It's actually a bipartisan issue. And we have to um, um, uh, talk to people who have the power to make things happen. Now, they asked to speak to me so I can explain some of my concepts of the contract with Black America. Who, 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 who is they? Was it Donald Trump? Was it his campaign team? Was it officials in the White House? Who's they? I've never, I've never met Donald Trump a day in my life. Got it. And I've never been to the White House. Okay, so it was people on his campaign. Um, this chick who put out the tweet, it wasn't her. I never met her either. I don't even know who she is. Katrina Pearson. You, you don't know who that is? Never met her? No, I've not met her. Okay. But, but, but the thing is this. They looked at the contract with Black America, and they saw that their plan was lacking, and they, they wanted to implement some of the things from the contract with Black America into their plan. And I said, you're welcome to do it. And uh, I would say the same thing to the Biden campaign. They're welcome to do it. Some great ideas. I haven't, you know, seen too many people disputing the contract with Black America. Everybody understand that it's needed and it's necessary. So um, I don't mind anybody in the public sector or in the private sector uh, using parts of it, asking me about it, uh, asking for me to, under uh, to understand, you know, what am I talking about when it comes to um, trying to not count us as minorities, but to count us as, you know, pretty much a protected race. That's right. And, uh, so That's right. I think we're being buried under a lot of words like uh, minority and people of color and things like that. Now, their plan is still their plan. It's not my plan. Their plan, like all of them, don't go far enough. Right. Uh, all, all of them can be better. But these are just the facts of what happened. This is uh, uh, the, the Biden campaign basically said, you know, we love 85 percent of your plan, but we want to talk after the election. That's fine. I'm willing to talk after the election. Um, I just think both sides of the aisle need to take this serious. That's right. So uh, what 
that they what's in their plan that that they actually took from yours because i've gone through their plan live line by line i mean perfectly honest with you i i don't see it what even what's in the plan they release and even mirrors what's in yours well like i said you know both plans between both parties are lacking um so you know this is what they did um you know, you have to look at the contract with Black America and see where the overlap is. Um, but, you know, the thing that that uh, what I try to make them understand is, you know, they have programs and both parties have programs that are built for minorities and people of color and diversity and urban and these words that don't include us. Right. Because we... They include us, but we only get a small portion right. most of the time of these programs. Right. So we have to train all politicians that we are black people, black Americans. Most of them, um, and, and I'm specifically talking about the descendants of slavery. That's right. And we have to be dealt with, uh, or, or uh, uh, our concerns have to be rectified as that and right as a blanket um thing with all other minorities that puts us under a hundred percent of the population here um and but, but, i don't know if we can ever get up out of that but but, but with your contract it, li it lists these 13 um uh, different points here and again in their plan what do you see in the platinum plan they released that mentions any that that mirrors anything that's in yours uh, you know, you got, you know, if I'm looking at it, um, agreeing to direct VC money, um, to black investment, um, companies up to $40 billion, um, See, a lot of people have been talking about this $500 billion. That's not going to black people. Right. In fact, that's just actually the infrastructure funding program. Right. That, that's, Federal that's, that's contracting. That's what HUD doing now. going to black people. Right. Um, and, then, and then when they say... Well, how, 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 many billion, how many billion is the other one given to black people? No, 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 no. That's not... What I'm saying is, that's not even... They, they list this thing under Black Economic Empowerment and Access to Capital. It says, seek infrastructure funding that will lead to widespread growth in the annual $500 billion federal contracting opportunities. Even that line right there is not for Black people. That's federal contracting opportunities for everybody. So that's not... So they're trying to make it sound like, oh, $500 billion to Black people. It's not. That's the actual annual program overall for everybody. Right. Yeah, I understand what you see in that. But it's really up to us to try to direct that money to black people. Right, 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 right. But, but, but that's a difference. If we're, not, if we're not in contact or not talking to the, uh, or a certain administration um, because we're on another team and, and um, they win, then we... What do we do? Just sit back and wait? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I, I agree with you 100% on that so because I'm just... All, all of them got flaws in their plan. All of them got holes in their plan. Like I said, they put out this stuff, not me. Um, right. Well, I, I'm just I'm just trying to find... And told them what I think. And so from there, 
you know, uh, you know, they ran with it and did what they wanted to do with it. That's not really my concern. My concern more is making sure that both of these candidates understand that this money has to be directed to black people. It's a lot of language in both uh, plans that are iffy, tricky, and, you know, are there really to make sure we don't get the money. So it's, it's really up to people to engage and make sure that that money go where it's supposed to go. But, you know, I agree, you know, we've been lied to for a long time, you know, for, for 400 years or more. And so, you know, one thing I know is we have to do something different. And, you know, one thing is never being uh, too um, a one-sided, hard-headed, proud to speak to whoever's in power. You know, every great man in the world has spoke to somebody in power at some point in time, whether they agree with him or not. But but here, but here, but but here, he, he, right? Did, did, so for me, I told everybody what I was going to do, and I did. And you know, they exploited it. But if I would have, you know, did something for Biden, they would have exploited it too. So that's just part of the game. The thing is this. The thing is to get movement. The thing is to, to make sure that we move the needle um, no matter who's elected. I agree. Our, pro, our program has to be pushed through. So non-dialogue to me is... I, I'm not... Is I, not how, no, no, no. Here's the deal. I, how you do it. Here's the deal, Keith. I'm not against dialogue. I sat in two meetings with Trump and with other television anchors as well. I've been challenging them. Well, I want you to come talk to black media. I know of other African-Americans who've been meeting with them on PPP, on other issues as well. The, 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 the thing for me is this here. I, I, I judge folks on what you do. And what I look at is Donald Trump goes to Atlanta, makes this big old announcement about his platinum plan. And I'm sitting there going, so for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. Uh, when I when I when I see this plan, and then I see in here uh, where uh, he goes, make Juneteenth the national holiday. Well, first of all, that could have happened in July, but Senator Rob Johnson of Wisconsin still have been blocked in the Senate. Donald Trump said nothing, tweeted nothing, did nothing. He said in here uh, also uh, about the anti-lynching bill. Same thing. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky stood up, blocked it in the Senate. Donald Trump Donald Trump said nothing, did nothing. He in here talks about prosecute the KKK and Antifa. Hell, when they had a debate with Joe Biden, he, 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 he tried to shut Joe Biden down when he was quoting Christopher Wray, the FBI director, who said the greatest threat of terrorism in America is white domestic terrorism. But the thing is, when I was sitting here, and again, I spent, I, I, I looked in, in May, no, 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 hold on one second, but no, no, but here's my point. In May, in May, in May, when the Biden uh, lift every, and this is what it's called, the lift every voice, the Biden plan for black America, I went through the entire plan and broke it down. Then I went through the Trump platinum plan and broke it all down. The issue for me, the issue for me is that when it comes to Trump's plan, there's no specificity. There just simply isn't. Even when you talk about programs, when I, I will say when I, go, I will say when I go through Biden's pro program, when he's talking about st state small business credit initiative, expand new markets tax credit, uh, improve and expand the SBA programs that most effectively support uh, black-owned businesses, and laying things out that are specifics, that's the deal. I'm looking at a 22-page plan from Biden and a one-page plan for Trump, and I'm sitting there going, eh, and I went through Trump's plan, I'm like, there's nothing there. It's a, it's a lot of words. 
Not really, because it's only one page. But the deal is, I'm like, dude, you being the president, you want to make this whole deal how you ushered in economic prosperity, which really all started under Obama beginning in 2010, uh, but, it, but it is lacking. Do you believe that the Trump campaign greatly overstated your involvement for the purpose of them being able to say, we have attached ourselves to Ice Cube? Did you believe that you, that you were used politically yeah. for their purposes as opposed to really what happened? Look, I knew whoever I engaged with would use that politically. I don't care about that part. The part I care about is getting something done. Look, my plan is called the contract with Black America. So all of them lacking when it comes to that. So that's what I'm pushing. So anybody who's going to implement those plans into their plan, then um, I'm going to take a look at it. But both plans are lacking, and that's why we become educated voters for real. And then you pick who you want to pick. Um, but at the end of the day, for us not to engage uh, with, with both sides of the aisle to fix this, which I think is an American problem, um, that to me ain't going to help us in the end. Uh, what's going to help us is once we you know, realize how much power we have. Now, you said that, of course, Trump didn't stop all these things or didn't mention these things. Okay, maybe it was before he knew he needed the black vote as much as he do. You never know. This is what deals are made of. So I don't know what they're going to do. No, 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 no. That's actually, actually that's, that's not the case. Hold on. I, no, I, I can tell you personally. No, no, hold up. You said before you need the black vote. I, I just want to just correct something, Ice Cube. I, I'm going to let you finish. I just want to correct something. I met with the White House in 2018. They told me directly in 2018, we think we can get 20% black male support in the 2020. So it didn't, they were fully aware of that. What did you meet with them? What did you meet with them? I'm a journalist. What did you meet with them? I'm a journalist. What did you meet with them to talk about? I'm a journalist. I met with them to talk about public policy issues, to ask them very, okay, those various questions. public policy issues, and right. the thing was to get 20% of the vote. No, right. A court, a court, okay. No, they, 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 they no, 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 not, not 20% of the vote. Did they think they was going to get that for free? Right. Well, they, no, this is what they said. They said they believe they could get 20% of the black male vote, and they specifically said they were going to use criminal justice reform and economic policies Why as a rate. Why did they think they can get 20% of the black male vote? Why did they think that? Because they said... They think that they can appeal to disaffected black men. They, they, the point okay. blank, they know why, black why women, they, black women don't like them. them. Why can they appeal to that demographic? Who's not appealing to that demographic? How, how can they swoop in and get it? Who? That should have been covered. What do you mean? This is what I'm asking. How can they swoop in and get something that's supposed to be covered? Well, first of all, it, it, well, that's not the case because in first is in 2012, uh, between Obama and Romney, there was a nine-point gap between black men and black women who voted for Obama and Romney. In 2013, with Trump and Hillary Clinton, that expanded to 13%. Now, when you look at 2020, they believe that, oh, we think there's an opportunity here for us to be able to appeal to black men uh, on economic policies because they say black women can't stand well, it. Well, it's not being done for black men in this country that the, the number's growing. Because, first of all, because the difference between black men and black women, black men are more likely to be... Why don't the no, no, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, no, 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 hold on. You <laughs> asked the question, I'm going to answer it. Because if black, this is from focus groups, from polling data. Black men are more appealed by Trump's anti-immigration position than black women. That's one. 
That's one of the issues there. One of the issues that we also see is that we've seen where black men feel as if the Democrats have appealed more to black women than black men. Thirdly, Donald Trump, by touting the First Step Act, saying he got criminal justice reform done and Democrats didn't, which is actually a lie, the mistake that Democrats have made is they haven't taken credit for the First Step Act because if the Democrats don't pass it in the House, it actually don't get done. And so they see an opportunity to be able to target black men who are disaffected by both parties by peeling to their pocketbooks, their 401ks, by using tax policy, and that's what their strategy is. So what's the Democrat strategy to target black men? And that's one of the things that I've been challenging them on as well by saying when you have a problem, when you see nine points in 2012 to go to 13 points in 2016 and it might go to 20, you got a problem. So you better focus on that and shore it up, which means you better speak to those issues, speak to those men, having those surrogates doing it, but also speaking to the policies. I've been covering this, this very issue when it comes to these black men for months now, Democrats haven't done it. Now, folks are sort of trying to pay attention now. But I, I actually was having talking to Tom Perez in the DNC about this four years ago. So I, I got I to gotta ask you this shit, too, because you're on that particular point there. So I, I got an email from someone, and they said, they said, why is Ice Cube only uh, talking about this contract now? Where so The person wanted me to ask, where was Ice Cube during the primary? Where was he in 2018? How do you answer people uh, who say that? I was, I, I was doing, I was actually just, you know, being an artist, you know, rapping, thinking all this stuff was covered, thinking people that actually was in power right. was out doing their job, right. making sure they had something specifically for black people right. to And when I looked up, I realized all this stuff is not specifically for black people. It's for minorities. It's for people of color. It's for everybody but us. Right. So... You know, I had to kind of take it upon myself to do something that was strictly for black people and write something up with some very smart, uh, educated people and uh, come up with a plan. It all happened after George Floyd was killed. Right. So that's where I've been. Mm -hmm. and, and I wouldn't have to do it if it was being done. Right. But actually, where, where, has this, where has this contract been, you know, since the 60s, since the 60s, We've had over 7,000, uh, hello? No, 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 you're on, go ahead, I'm, I'm listening, Since you're on. the 60s, we've had over 7,000 uh, black people elected in office uh, in high positions throughout this country, over 7,000, and we haven't moved an inch. I'm, I'm, so I'm, don't don't ask me where where have I been. Come on the question now. Question is where the hell are you at? Well, here's the deal, though. I want to I want on, on that particular point. I want to bring in Alicia Garza. But Dr. Anderson been working, y'all. Black Features Lab. Uh, Q, you may not be aware of this. You may you may be aware that they put out this massive black census project. Uh, they surveyed, if I'm correct, Alicia, some thirty thousand African Americans. Uh, they put this whole thing together. How long are they taking? When did y'all release this, uh, Alicia? Uh, we released it in 2019. So, uh, so Cube, here, here was a here was this initiative that that they put together, and I would love. And again, when we had you on last time, and Reese was talking about uh, the lack of stuff when it comes to black women, and you said, "Hey, you love to hear from her." Uh, I would love for the two of you to actually uh, talk about this because both of you want to really achieve the same thing, and that is achieve things for black people. Right. Uh, and so, Alicia, go right ahead. If you have a question for Ice Cube, Q, you've got a question for Alicia, go ahead. Hey, Cube, how you doing? Pretty good. 
Good. So, I mean, I guess my first question would be, you know, there is, we're in the midst of an incredible movement moment. Folks are all over the country, uh, have been organizing for over seven years, if not longer, trying to turn Black Lives Matter into a, a, a movement that can impact not just protest, but also policy. I did have a chance to read both versions of the contract with Black America, and I'm just curious, are there activists or organizers in this movement that you've been connected to who have been doing some of this legislative advocacy and policy advocacy work? Yeah, we connected with uh, ADOS, ADOS, and uh, you know we, we helped get a bill passed in California. Governor uh, Gavin Newsom passed AB 3121, which starts the conversation about reparations in California. Um, so, um, we have been connected with, uh, you know, a grassroots organization. We want to connect with as many grassroots organizations who are not connected to any other, um, so-called powers that be strictly grassroots. And we definitely want to connect with them. People who definitely have no ulterior motives, who really just want to see money get in the hands of the people who built this country and, and, and the ancestors and family of the people that built this country. Do you think that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization? Because I know for the last year I've been getting death threats. I have security now 24-7 because Donald Trump and his administration has been targeting me and Patrice and Opal and thousands of other activists across the country. I understand what you're saying about trying to talk to the people in power, but I think there is a difference here in terms of who we align ourselves with. And I can't at all say that I take a neutral stance here. You haven't endorse Donald Trump explicitly, but I, I am just curious about how you meet those things and how you match those things. How do you match put forward black agenda with the president that is attacking black people, attacking black organizers, attacking black activists, and literally daring and threatening to throw us in jail for the organizing that we've been doing? Well, you know, I mean, both candidates, you know, have their record, um, of what's, what's, what they've done to black people. Uh, you can look at them and, and, and see them out. I don't think Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. You know, so that that's what I think. You know, what the president think uh, about Black Lives Matter, you know, that that's his personal problem. You know, right now we feel that somebody's going to be the president. I would love to work with both parties. I'm not uh, against... Uh, the Biden campaign or nothing like that. Whoever becomes a president, I would I would definitely uh, be pushing this program on them, and not only the presidents, but Congress people, senators, uh, private sector. Um, you know, you name it. If you go through the contract, you could probably come up with a, a list of about five hundred companies we can talk to about this situation. So. Um, the thing is, what I don't think is healthy for black people is to uh, automatically jump on one side, and if the other side loses, we just wait for four years to engage and hope our side win. It's time for us to, to let both sides understand this is a bipartisan issue. 
like anything else going on in America. Uh, Cube, I gotta ask you this. I wanna ask you this here, uh, because um, uh, you talked about reaching out to people. Did you connect with the Congressional Black Caucus at all? Because uh, they reached out. They reached out after they saw what happened yesterday. They reached out to me. Um, and, and they sent me this. They sent me this. They sent me. Go to my iPad, guys. Come on. Uh, Platinum Plan versus. See anything. Okay. No, no. I, 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 right. No, no. I was talking to the control room. Right. I, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it to you. Uh, Platinum Plan versus contract with Black America versus CBC legislation. Uh, you call for your uh, CB uh, your CWBWA calls for ending qualified immunity, banning chokeholds, and elimination of no-knock warrants. The CBC says all of that is included in the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, but it hasn't been um, uh, enacted by um, by the folks uh, there in Congress. I mentioned Juneteenth, the fellow holiday. The same thing about anti-lynching law. Uh, your C- your contract calls for baby bonds of a thousand dollars for all new babies. The CBC says that's in their CBC's jobs and justice at um, you proposed a plan for neo-reconstruction. The CBC said we gave President Trump a 125-page detailed plan to do this in 2017. Four years later, we've seen nothing. Uh, and according to the CBC, and I want you to respond to this here, according to the CBC, they propose, you propose a one-time interest-free home loan for qualified black Americans. The CBC says, quote, this plan only addresses access to a loan for certain black people. It does not address necessary relief provisions to prevent foreclosures and expand forbearance for homeowners. Owners, but the CBC Jobs and Justice Act does. And so uh, the C- what, was C- what the Congressional Black Caucus says is the things that you're saying that these things have not been done, have not been focused on, they say it has been done. It's literally in our bills. They simply were, they were passed by the House but ignored by the Senate. Uh, the, cent- the Black Census Project that Alicia was working on, they dropped in 2019. She's saying they have been working on those things. Uh, and so just you, 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 your response to that was, especially from the CBC saying, no, we, it's actually in our bills that have been passed. But they were passed by the House, but ignored by the Senate. Right, it's just sitting there. It's just sitting um, in the my, Congress. My thing is keep up the good work. Keep going at it. You know, uh, we got to get it passed. There's going to be a lot of overlap because uh, we got good ideas. Um, so that's going to happen, but you know, until things get passed, they're not passed. So we got to push to get them passed. Um, uh, Alicia, I'm going to bring Alicia uh, in here. Cube, I think one of the things that's important, if, if y'all go to bring Alicia three shot of this, would be great. This is where, and this is this is this is what I've heard from people. I've heard from people is, man, Cube is out here with his contract, and he's dropping videos and saying things. But then you have folk like Alicia and others who are doing it. And one of the things that you said when I last interviewed you, you said that uh, this is where collaboration is important. And so mm-hmm. with, with that in mind, um, you're there on the West Coast. Alicia's there on the West Coast. Uh, to me, this is an opportunity, I think, for the two of you to get together, for the other activists to get together. And so as opposed to Cube's contract and then the Black Census Project, uh, then what the CBC is doing, this is how you take Black Collective and right. say, how do we take all of these plans and then begin to move and then get the policies that, that, that we want? Alicia and Cube, what do y'all think about that? Alicia first. Well, I think a few things, and I appreciate you raising that, Roland. I mean, to me, you can't have movement on an agenda without a movement. And there are so many incredible organizers and activists all over this country who are coming together and fighting back every single day. 
And that is what it actually takes to create this level of change. You know, I, I will say that, Cube, I, I agree with you in terms of your frustration. I've been frustrated, too. I took the Black Agenda 2020 uh, to these campaigns, to the party, and I've had a hell of a time getting phone calls back. You know, I've had to do a lot of maneuvering even to get the smallest pieces of our plan inside any kind of platform. And so that is to be criticized, and we need to keep holding their feet to the fire. But where I disagree with the conclusion here is that, A, I don't think justice is a business transaction. I think if we're going to change systems, policies, and laws, we have to get in the game and stay in the game. And I don't think it's a simple, you give me this, I get that back, I give you this, you get that back. We have to govern an entire country, and we can't govern that way. Donald Trump is governing that way, and that's what's not working. I also want to just offer here... That for me, you know, I've heard Van Jones and others say that people uh, need to go to the people in power. And I actually, you know, think I understand the premise behind that. But what it overshadows in my mind is it allows them to get off the hook for all of the other egregious things that they do to our communities. You know, I can't help but feel sick when I hear Donald Trump, you know, talking about the First Step Act, but then also telling the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. And I don't get to actually look past that. That impacts my everyday life. I get death threats every single day from people who are listening to this president. And therefore, I don't have any confidence that even in the sense that he implements something like the First Step Act when it's convenient for him and talks mess about it when it's not, uh, I don't have any confidence that, that the amount of power has been built actually to get these things done. I don't fault you for trying to move an agenda, but I don't think we can take any shortcuts here, and I certainly don't think we can jump the line. And, you know, it would be one thing if people actually weren't working on this every day. Imagine what we could do together, Cube, if I had access to a platform like this. But I don't have that. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, Alicia. Uh, Alicia, I, I know Keeb has to go, but Keeb, uh, uh, go ahead. This contract has been out for months. So there's been, you know, if anybody wanted to work with me, I've been open, an uh, open uh, invitation from day one to work together, uh, uh, make the platform better. And, you know, nobody has, uh, or very few have come out to do that. So, um, you know, I'm not going to wait to get nobody's line. Um, you know, if I, if I feel like I could speak for black people, I'm going to go speak for black people to whoever. And, you know, you have a plan for uh, Biden win, but what's your plan if Trump wins? You know, you have to have a plan for it's either, the same, pr- either it president. It should be the same plan. Um, and so in either uh, administration, we can't just go dormant because this 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 is... This is the, the problem, I think, that's been happening with us. Uh, you know, we, we go dormant. We don't push both parties hard to do what needs to be done, what's right. And, you know, some people got a whole country to run. We don't have a whole country to run. Black people are in a bad situation. We don't have a pot to piss in. We ain't even really in the damn equation. When you really look at it, right? we just get to show up and we get to go home still broke. And, and, and unless you have capital in America, you're not going to be really involved in what's going on in America when it comes to running the whole country. So we got to look after black people and figure out how to get money in the hands 
of families and in this country into businesses that went down. We got to figure out how to get uh, a lot of capital into those hands. So can and, we do this here then? Can we do this? You care about black people, Cube. I've known Alicia uh, for as well. She cares about black people. Uh, I but, care about black so people. Can, so can we, again, as opposed to, you know, different pieces here, this is where I think black folks come together and say, look, we're going to sit down and talk. We're going to rap. Your number, my number, your email, my email. Let's do that. I'm more than welcome. Anytime. Um, I'm, I'm willing and open. Anybody who's who's uh, down to help black people uh, get what we're supposed to get in this country through hell, through hell or high water, I'm with them. Alicia? Listen, I'm always ready and have been working for 20 years to improve the conditions of black folks. And like I said, if we had access to a platform like you have, Cube, I bet you we could have gotten a lot farther. So I look forward to working with you. So here's, so, so here's, so here's what I'm going to do. Show's over. Uh, I, with both of y'all permission, uh, I will send y'all respective uh, information so we can do that. Because, again, uh, I think where we are, first of all, Cube, uh, what you said about when folks are in power, um, uh, you are correct. I have long said that even if somebody we did not vote for wins, we are still constituents. Uh, we are still uh, taxpayers. And so they still owe us. Uh, but what it, but it, it also, but to, to Alicia's point, it's also uh, holding them accountable when they're doing things that, uh, for, frankly, uh, are, are, are hurting us uh, as well. And so I think what is required of us is to put that level of pressure on all folks, yet yeah, not having permanent friends, but we simply have a permanent interest. I do believe, though, that one of the great, and when you were on last time, you and I talked about this here, infrastructure is critically important. We, we know what your job is, what you're doing in terms of music, in terms of movies, and what your lane is. But when you have also organizations with people, that also matters as well. And so I hope we can able to lock that down. Uh, fi uh, final thoughts, uh, Ice Cube, uh, you first. Um, you know, I let everybody know what I was going to do. Um, and I don't understand the issue with it. Um, one of these guys are going to be the president. And at the end of the day, whoever that is, we got to go press them. Yep, that's it. it. That's it. Yeah, I think accountability requires a movement. It's not done over a, a boardroom table. It's done by bringing folks with you. And so I'm excited to be working with, you know, so many people across the country. The 30,000 people that we surveyed across all political ideologies, incomes, demographics, to really start to lock down not only what these policy issues look like, but also training people to be the people who are making the rules. And so again, Cube, I look forward to working with you. All right. That's awesome. Ice Cube, I appreciate it. This is also why it's important for us to have black platforms uh, where we are able to have the conversation. I saw your tweet, Ice Cube, where you said that CNN uh, booked you for Chris Cuomo and they um, and they um, uh, they then cancel you. That's why I created this platform for that very reason. We don't have to depend on CNN or MSNBC. We also have to create our own media institutions yes. where we don't just talk about this, where they talk about it for five or six minutes. We actually have been having this conversation uh, for uh, almost 40 minutes uh, right here. And so I appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us. Same with Alicia Garza as well. Thanks for having me on. All right, we'll Thank do it again. Everybody. Thank you very much. Folks, got to go to a break when we come back. Great car, great car, Reese and Eric.
break down the conversation we just had on Roland Martin Unfiltered back in a moment. This is so powerful, you guys. This is powerful. This is powerful. And I'm telling you, um, in the midst of all of this here, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to uh, contact them because I also, I felt that God gave me a, a, a plan if they don't want to issue out um, funds. Well, the black race, like he said, for black people, well, we suffer when our people pass. It's hard to pay life insurance policies to bury our people. And I feel that should be implemented in uh, it should be a protective uh, cause that if if and when our uh, folks passed on, they don't have to worry about burial because it'll be taken care of because our forefathers earned that right. They don't want to initially give us that money because that's going to relinquish power. You understand what I'm saying? Money answer all things, and that's what the Word of God says. But in the same token, um, they have used that to have leverage over the black community. So I pray that y'all enjoy that segment. And I love to listen to Roland Martin. I also listen to Dr. Anderson, some key um, individuals, Casey Price, um, talk about this long before and like Q said, yeah, he said, yeah, he was in his music game, but he woke up, you know, everybody woke up. That George Floyd did something to everybody in America. I don't care how you look at it and what they're talking about and how they're trying to find all kind of stuff. But if that didn't do something to your soul, if that did not do something to your soul in your spirit, to literally watch a man die on national global television and see another human being with his hand in his pocket like it ain't nothing. You understand me? If that don't do something to you, I'm sorry. Okay? So God bless you. And we're going to hear some rebuttal soon, okay? God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Share this. Favor my station. Write me a review. Hit me five star. Come on, let's get this rolling. We're going to have awareness. It's time. The change in time is now, you guys. It's going to happen, okay? Okay? Your thoughts, your assessment. Well, thank you, Roland, for having that conversation, first of all. Second of all, it made my head hurt. And third of all, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think what we're facing is two, is two basic things going on here. There's an attempt to galvanize some momentum by, uh, uh, in terms of black people. Uh, certainly the intent is there. But there's a fundamental disconnect between learning the lessons of previous black social movements in this country and where we are today. Um, uh, there's a disagreement in terms of cube, as far as I can tell, it's really a disagreement about tactics, not really strategy. And the tactics are the specific actions and steps you take to achieve a strategy, an ultimate objective. And I think, you know, when you're thinking about kind of getting everyone at the table with around an agenda, you know, what is your tactic in the short term? Just like we heard Alicia say, I mean, hey, our bodyguards out here. The White Nationalist Party 
is going to say anything it needs to do to stay in power. Right. And I don't think Cube doesn't understand that. I think what, but, but as you were trying to walk him through the lift every voice plan and do it, he's not into the details. He's he, he's not hearing you because he's got a certain strategy that he is going to cling to. Strategy is ultimately to force a confrontation with this system we're in. But his strategy, I think, is more intermediate and long-term than it is short-term. Alicia and I'm talking about a short-term strategy. And as Linda Sarsour said on your show, you know, who is our best opponent in the White House? I mean, if you look at the policy platforms, if we can push this through, maybe we can get something else. Now, let me let me keep this short because I want to hear what Brother Mistal and certainly, you know, Eric and Reese had to say about this. But Mistal, our Brother Ely talked about this question of expanding the court to as many as 29 people. And that gets us finally to the issue I think we're facing here. You know, Black Lives Matter emerged out of a kind of uh, a tapping into an energy that came in the wake of state violence. It then began external actors who have their own agenda. And and it's trying to build an organization kind of on the fly to capture that moment and move forward. God bless them. But when you hear Melanie Campbell and you hear Dr. Avis and them, these are long-term organizers who are now prepared to continue that momentum going forward. But what we don't have is a coalition like we saw in Gary 1972, like the Black Radical Congress tried to do 20 years ago, that we've done periodically since we've been here. Go back to the 1830s and 40s with the Negro Convention Movement. What we don't have now is a big tent coalition to kind of get people together and galvanize that momentum. And we're in a country that's going to fall apart, which is why if this country doesn't commit to being a country, I am completely with Ice Cube. Why? Because at that point, it's every group for themselves. And the Republican agenda, I would embrace that fully. Why? Complete individualism, Second Amendment, get your gun, and let's fight it out. That is a long-term future that some of the people that say they're not going to vote, that's really what they're talking about. Let's just drop all this stuff down and fight and stop all this bullshit. And I think this is all the confusion that has to be settled by real conversations so that people can state where they are and then think it through. But what we just saw, not that conversation, brother. Reese Colbert. Um, that conversation was incredibly offensive. It's ahistorical. Um, it completely diminishes and dismisses the work that is being done by organizations like uh, what Alicia Garza heads up at the Black Futures Lab. There is evidence-based data behind the priorities of Black people. There are experts on what we need on, on what has been done. And um, so that's offensive, but here is what I don't think that Ice Cube seems to want to take any accountability for or recognize. The Platinum Plan is a propaganda document. Right. And it's fine to work with both parties. He has been transparent about that. I encouraged him to actually meet with the Congressional Black Caucus, which it appears that he didn't do back in August. When I made that suggestion, I encouraged him to reach out to black women and include them in his contract for black America, which completely excludes black women, black children, the LGBTQ community, and so on and so forth. It has nothing in there about environmental justice. It has nothing in there about a whole slew of issues for Ice Cube to think that his contract for black America is so far superior and so groundbreaking when it's really very pedestrian. And a lot of his ideas are frankly unconstitutional and would never get past a 6-3 Amy Comey Barrett majority court. Okay, so that's that's another thing. But this document is a propaganda document. What he did was not just meet with people he can't even seem to identify by name in the Trump campaign. What he did by allowing them to attach his name to their plan right. is he legitimized right. the Trump propaganda. He legitimized mm-hmm. 
statements like what it says in the platinum plan that he has trump has achieved historic employment levels for black americans the reality is that he inherited 7.8 percent black unemployment from biden and obama and it's now 13 percent which is almost double that of white unemployment he has we have lost 41 percent of small black businesses under trump okay so when he talks about he touts his work on criminal justice you said it democrats should take credit for the first step back but let's also keep in mind that Donald Trump, one of the first acts of Jeff Sessions, his first AG, who was less of a criminal than uh, William Barr is, was to actually roll back the Obama era reforms in terms of drug sentencing. He wants people, he wanted people to charge people as harshly as possible to and uh, to inflict as long as sentences as possible for drug crimes, including marijuana. He uh, rolled back the Obama era rollback on private prisons. Private prisons are booming under Donald Trump, not just in terms of the federal uh, criminal population, but also in terms of the Department of Homeland Security and the immigration population. Okay, oh, wow. He has completely halted consent decrees Ooh, and, and pattern and practices investigations. So these are some of the things that are just flat out lies. But Donald Trump has been hostile to the black community and by every single metric. But Donald Trump's platinum plan scam is a propaganda document that not only suggests that he will be so remarkably different in the next four years towards the black community, but that he has already done these things, things that are objectively false, things that are completely untrue. And with, with, with Ice Cube belligerently sitting up here and refusing to take accountability or acknowledge that he got played, which is what it sounds like, it sounds like he got played, okay? Or maybe he's just so cynical about the process that he thinks that you have to attach your name to something just to get a meeting, which isn't true, okay? People decline to, to say, well, you can use my name or you can use a photo or whatever the situation may be. But it's irresponsible, it's offensive, and he needs to take accountability. And he's not equipped, which he proved here, but couldn't even get through a conversation with Alicia Garza or answer any of the things that you pointed out he is not equipped to be the spokesperson. Hey, I would give him D plus for effort just for the fact that he has a sentiment. But as Dr. Carr pointed out, it lacks a, 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 an understanding of how we got here. It lacks a respect for people like Alicia Garza and Melanie Campbell and Dr. Avis and NAACP who've been doing this work for decades. So last thing I want to say is just that we have organizations like the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, like the National Urban League, et cetera, who are doing the work and not just talking the talk to their 8 million followers on Twitter. Those are the people that are leading the charge. Those are not the people that are full of shit the way that Ice Cube likes to characterize them. And those are the people that speak for people like me. I, I think we, I think I'm going to go to Ellie next. Ellie, I do think that this is where a mistake is made. Uh, and I've seen a lot of the comments on social media. I'm looking at the comments on our YouTube channel. I'm looking at the comments on our Facebook channel. Um, and um, I purposely don't use phrases like Uncle Tom, sellout, Ooh. coon, things along those lines. Those are offensive to me. I don't allow people to use those phrases to describe uh, black Republicans uh, because uh, I can disagree with you uh, vehemently uh, and not use those terms because I'm not going to use the terms of white oppressors against black people. Um, I, Where I do agree with you is that, and I have said this, I've said this, and so anybody, y'all can go check it. 
I've said that even if we lose, we are still constituents. Uh, Robert Smith, America's wealthiest African-American, worth $7 billion, um, was having meetings with Steve Mnuchin in the Treasury Department when it came to PPP. I was saying on this show, black businesses, we are taxpayers. We need to, we deserve to get that money in those programs. Right. You have to meet with those who empower to do so. I know of other African Americans uh, who have had meetings with the administration on various issues. The first step at Congressman Hakeem Jeffries got a lot of criticism for working with Jared Kushner on that very uh, bill. He got criticized by some of the Democrats in his house, uh, even among the CBC. But he said the greater issue is ensuring that we get some of these folks get out of jail uh, and we have to actually get it done. So, so the question then becomes, with, with all of that, how then do we as black people work with a Trump administration? Do we say, no, I ain't talking to you, I'm not looking at you, I'm not sitting down with you, or do we say, you know what, you're in, I got to deal with who is in power? Because that's the issue that we have to confront when Republicans control state legislatures all across the South. When Republicans control the United States Senate, we have to deal with that very issue. How do we do it? We start by saying we will not be used by you. All right. Mm -hmm. So you have to negotiate with people. You have to fight for your rights, regardless of who happens to be the president or who happens to be the governor of of your state. But you will not be used. You will not be made a token by these people. Alicia Garza said the most important thing in that interview. Justice is not transactional. Just, you know, um, uh, other black leaders have said um, we have no permanent friends. We have no permanent enemies. We have permanent interests. All right. And those interests, that interest in justice cannot be thrown away on a transactional basis for some nebulous promise of cash considerations. All right. We're not the mess. We've got actual issues that we need to push forward. And so Reese, I think, just did a great job of explaining some of the justice issues at stake in this election and at stake in this country that Ice Cube's program does not address and cannot address because he's trying to address it with a white supremacist organization that will never share the one thing we need, which is not cash. It is power. Let me say this here. It is power that these people will never share. Let me ask. And so that... Right. Huh? No, 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 go ahead and finish, go ahead and finish, go ahead and finish. It, it, is, it is that power that we have to take back. We have to take it back in the streets. We have to take it back in our legislators. We have to take it back at the ballot box. We have to take it back through court, in the courts. And if we don't try to take that power back, yeah. then all the money in the world isn't going to change our situation. Um, let me say this before I go to Erica. Um, but, but any of y'all fools out there who run your mouths talking about uh, Cube was set up and ambushed. No, Cube and I communicated directly about him coming on the show today. He agreed to come on. He was on last time, and he took questions from Greg, from Erica, and Reese. So, if you stuck on stupid, trying to spread that nonsense, that crap uh, ain't gonna fly, because that's what we do on the show. We have a well-rounded conversation. Erica, your thoughts. 
Well, uh, it was definitely disappointing. Um, and one of the parts that's very disappointing is just that when we look at 2020 writ large and we look at the Son of a Klansman's platinum plan for black America, which has included not having a national testing, no national strategy around COVID-19, which disproportionately impacts black and brown people. When we look at the housing, the eviction and foreclosure uh, foreclosure crisis, that's disproportionately impacting the poor and also black and brown folks. When we're looking at voter suppression, active voter suppression with on with 14 million uh, votes that have been cast, and we're seeing how that's disproportionately impacting black and brown people. And the list continues to go on and on and on that he uh, would so not just take any of that into consideration and dismiss that and then also dismiss the folks. And we've been saying it and I'll continue to say that dismiss the people that have been doing the work, the policy wonks, the activists, the grassroots organizers who have been entrenched in this work to say to folks that have been doing that work. Well, you need to come and talk to me is a complete dismissal of all of what they've been doing to uplift, to bring forth agendas that actually do envelop in not only black people, but people of color. And I'll say this lastly, um, just really to talk about the um, um, uh, American descendant of slaves movement and to really um, dismiss black people where, you know, you um, talking about those uh, Cameroonians who are facing deportation and largely because the son of a Klansman considers anything off of the continent of Africa to be a shithole country. Um, and that, you know, when a person opens up their mouth, whether they have an accent or not, what they look like on the outside with black skin, they are determined to be black and they are treated accordingly, specifically when we're talking about police and ICE efforts. And so not considering everything that we, working, wealthy, black folks, brown folks, are having to endure and the poor as well in this country under a regime who has no interest um, in dealing in black life, but continuing to suppress and oppress and make sure that there is apartheid rule after 2020 is really, and then not um, wanting to actually uh, get a civics understanding that the 400 bills that are resting at the feet of the Grim Reaper um, and that there is a majority Republican Senate that is refusing to take up votes, that is refusing to offer relief to millions upon millions of America really speaks to a lack of this broad interest that he claims to have and seems to be more positioned to self-interest. But and Greg, that is but, disappointing. But, but Greg, still, how, how do we how do we do this? And I, I'm going to take you back. When we I interviewed Bob Brown. Uh, Bob Brown, here he was, someone who was on the board of SCLC, greatly helped Dr. King when Coretta Scott King asked him him to accompany her to the airport uh, to get his body. Bob Brown then gets asked by the Nixon administration to come work for them. A lot of black people said, Bob, what is wrong with you? How dare you? How dare you do this? How dare you go work for that man? But then Bob goes into the administration and Bob has this massive portfolio. And when you look at uh, the programs that were created to help black businesses, the loan that Earl Graves, Earl Graves needed that, that last $100,000 to launch black enterprise. And there were, there were folks in the Nixon administration who said, absolutely not. Uh, he's a Robert Kennedy Democrat. And Bob Brown said, hell no, the loan goes through. 
uh, a black four-star general, uh, uh, any number of things. And there were people who were saying, people who were saying, uh, Bob, how dare you? Bob said, I could not on the outside talk about what black folks needed and pass up the opportunity that if I could help black people on the inside achieve those things I had to. And so I do believe, Greg, that we as black people have got to grapple with this whole issue of how do we deal with and work with power when it's who we vote against? And it's a conversation we got to have because it's there. Right. It's there, not just in Washington, D.C., but it's in state capitals yep. all across the yep. country. Locally. It's in county commissioners' courts right. and city halls across right. the country. How do we even have the conversation to say, look, we can't sit out anymore. we don't like the folks who are in power because we're still paying taxes and we're still constituents? How do we do that? Well, Roland, we are all beginning, regardless of what we've been said today by everyone, we're all beginning with a flawed, anchored in a flawed premise, a flawed assumption. The flawed assumption is that we live in a nation. We do not. So, Ellie talks about justice claims. And again, his proposition of perhaps putting as many as 20 more judges on the Supreme Court, giving the Democrats 11 and the Republicans 9, um, makes perfect sense if you're talking about a nation. But we're not. Right. We're talking about a group of settler colonies from Europe that convene themselves around power and whiteness is at the center of this settler state project. But the people in the settler state come from many different nations, have very different uh, ideologies, opinions, cultures, and the only thing holding it together is the economic system and some drip drop menial investments to, to stop people from just walking away from the whole thing. What Ice Cube is voicing is absolutely accurate in terms of what black people are saying. See, there's really no, I, I, I would argue there's really no deep investment black people have generally in this country. What black people have is an investment in this larger justice claim, to human claim that transcends the United States of America. But what we're facing, what Erica just walked us through, is a political party that has been absolutely overtaken right. by a group of white nationalists that would to see this settler project destroyed before they concede power. That is what is animating their tactics and strategy. Their ultimate objective is to hold on to power. That's why they're going to put Amy Comey Barrett on this court, right. because they realize they will lose the demographic game, but they don't look at you, me, Reese, Erica, Ellie, as Americans, because there is no American concept. There's only people negotiating for power. So when uh, when you hear, when we hear Reese walk us through a very cogent critique and analysis of very fact-specific issues that Ice Cube hasn't considered. And when you talk about Hakeem Jeffries negotiating with Jerry Kushner, you're talking about people who are playing politics with an assumption again that there are some consensus things that people can work around if we have the same assumption that we have a country we share. But I would contend that's just rhetoric. So how do we solve it? The first thing is we have got to determine who we is. For Ice Cube, it's black people. And I don't even think it's just black Americans, that ADOS conversation notwithstanding. Ice Cube understands that if you're black in this country, black in Africa, black in the Caribbean, it's all going to be the same, which is why when you pressed him and when Alicia pressed him, he said, oh, I ain't got no problem with that. I understand that. However, 
Alicia saying we got to organize, come together. Melanie, Dr. Avis, the NAACP, the Urban League, everybody thinking that we can make some kind of transcendent national claim based in a common American framework for power. That is the most flawed thinking in the in the experience of black people in this country. And finally, I would say this. Okay. That is thinking that has only emerged since the end of Jim Crow. Rhetoric notwithstanding. See, what happens is the farther we get away from the lash, the more confused we get about how to acquire power in a state framework where everybody's trying to avoid last place. There is no we now. Individuals have class interests, whether it be Earl Graves or Hakeem Jeffries or the people who ain't got nowhere to sleep. People have uh, uh, international interests. And so we've got to decide, number one, who we is. And number two, if once we decide who we is on our common denominator, we've got to decide how we're then going to acquire power in a framework where everything. And I'd like to know what you think about this, but everything in a framework like that is transactional because there are no founding principles in this set of state. Ellie? Well, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, I don't think that it's that hard to distinguish between tokenism and having a seat at the table. When you said uh, about Dr. Brown, what you were talking about was a portfolio given to a black person who was willing to work in the Nixon administration. If we were sitting, if, if Ice Cube was sitting there with a portfolio to work with in a Trump administration, I would hate it, but I would understand what he's doing. He's not talking about portfolio. He's talking, as Reese pointed out, about being used. And I don't think it's that hard to see the difference between somebody who is just supposed to be a black face on a white supremacist plan versus somebody who is empowered to actually bring justice and equality for the people. So that's number one. Number two, I mean, look, I, I, the, 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 the larger issues uh, that the doctor is talking about in terms of our nation state and our polity and our ability to achieve justice within the structure of white supremacy, which, which under which we were brought here against our will, um, is a very is 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 a is a difficult philosophical question for me to, uh, to for me to answer. As a person with legal training, I I tend to think that the Constitution, not as written, but the Constitution as amended is a decent document. Maybe not the best in the world. I think the South African Constitution is actually better than ours in terms of just legal stuff. Um, but it's a pretty, pretty decent starting point. And all, and all I'm kind of focused on is bringing the treatment of black people and brown people in this country up to the level that white men have been given since 18, since 1787. Right. And if we could just, if we could just get to where the white man started in 1787... I do think that there is, I do think that there is enough justice and individual uh, rights in that document to sustain um, a people. I do, I do still believe that. And so my struggle and my fight is to try to get black people, brown people, women, people in the LGBTQ community to bring us all up to the level that a white man is born with. If I can get us there, then I think that then I think that we can have a real conversation about who we are and who we want to be. Hey, hey, Roland, let me, but I know you got to go there, but I got to, no, 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 you no. know, we got to talk. 
You and me gonna have to talk offline, brother, because remember the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which literally said in the statute, and it's still allegedly good law, that we should be treated as a white man, and then they turned and, and eventually interpreted that through colorblind constitutionalism into the idea that even white people have the right to be treated as a white man. I would argue that the reason they would never embrace your court plan is because they look at that constitution, which is basically, as you know, a, a contract document, and then they had to go put some bill of rights in to deal with individuals. They look at that constitution as a means to an end. And so they the, ever be treated as white has two, to me, fundamental problems. Number one, whiteness itself is the fundamental problem with this nation state project, because it's resting the concept of citizenship. And in that regard, as far as the legal analysis, it sounds to me that it's that's disturbingly close to the ADOS position in terms of human rights and international rights. That's why the United States won't be a signatory to anything outside of the country. And number two, looking at judicial supremacy, which you very well, of course, understand better than most. Because like you say, you, you have legal training. The analysis that we could somehow lean on that Constitution relies on the assumption that judicial supremacy, in other words, that the court interpretation of the law will ultimately transcend any individual interest, it relies on the assumption that that is true. And what we've seen in this country is every time white people didn't like the court's decision, they just ignored it. Reese, the thing I think we're looking at here is, I think the thing we're looking at here is I think the visceral reaction to this is also because they just released it yesterday, 20 days out of the election. The whole conversation around black men and the Trump folk, to your point, we know this plan isn't real. I mean, we know it's not real. I keep saying it ain't right. a platinum plan. It's the aluminum foil plan. But that's not what they desired. All they wanted was the hit to say that they met with Ice Cube and he worked with them on the plan. Right. That's what That's they wanted. Um, and, and, but, but we do have to put this out there as well. Democrats also bear some responsibility here. You heard Alicia Garza say she laid out these things and basically got the cold shoulder from the Biden campaign and from, from the Democratic Party. Uh, yeah, there was a meeting, or maybe there wasn't a meeting, but hey, we, we like 85% of what you have. We'll get to it after after the election. I showed the analysis of how much is in Cube's contract with Black America as uh, the CBC's already put together. If you're the Biden folks and the Democrats, why in the hell didn't you say that? And so I also think this, is, this was also a mistake on the part of Democrats by... Basically saying, yeah, we'll get to you later and, and not surveying the land and seeing what's going on to preempt what actually happened here. That was a political miscalculation on the part of Democrats. I do not uh, disagree with that at all. I think that they, um, again, this goes back to messaging. I've, I've said it many times, Democrats have the receipts, but they are vastly underestimating the messaging that's required and the way that that messaging pierces through, uh, particularly to a very social media driven population. Um, that's, not, that's not to say black people are more social media versus white people or whatever, but I'm just saying that social media does a lot in terms of pushing the conversations and the narratives that we're having. I will say in defense 
uh, I, I, I respect what um, Alicia Garza said, but I recall at Essence Festival in July 2019, where Senator Kamala Harris actually referenced the Black Futures Lab and the Black Census Project and laid out an agenda that is directly aligned with that. Yes, she so did. So it's not all people I, I, are cruel. I, 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 I was sitting in front row at Essence when yeah, that happened. I remember you were there. So, that, 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 so that, wait a minute. That happened. But to your point, this is the thing. Like I said, Ice Cube is ill-equipped to to present anything. His his plan is inadequate. His plan is mostly unconstitutional. And uh, I can go on and so forth. Like I said, I guess for the sentiment of deciding that you want to do something, great, that's fantastic. But he is not a person that has any credibility, any kind of expertise, any kind of evidence-based data to where he should be a person they should meet with on the merits. But on the messaging part, and mind you, there will be people who are saying, why are they meeting with Ice Cube? That's pandering, this, that, and the other. So it all it goes both ways, okay? Because there are going to be people who are going to criticize either way. This was a missed opportunity. I still have not seen from the Biden-Harris campaign graphics, memes, videos that really articulate the 22 pages, over 10,000 words of a very extensive, comprehensive black agenda that touches systemic racism in every single aspect of our society. And also ties that to the receipts that the Democrats have in this arena, 400 bills that are laying in the Senate. A lot of people don't know that Senator Kamala Harris actually championed black maternal mortality. She's championing uterine fibroids research, which something that impacts 90% of black women before they are the age of 50. And so the Democrats win on the merits. The Democrats win on the policy. The Democrats win on the receipts. But they are missing the political landscape that we're in where you have to win the messaging. Nothing else counts if you don't have the messaging because that's what people are looking for. You have to make it easy. You have to make it something that they can that they can share, that they can ingest, and that they can run with. Because people will take a 20, 280 character Character tweet, they'll take a headline, they'll take a caption, and all of a sudden they're experts. So you have to give them the headline. You have to give it to them and quit talking in these platitudes about how black people are powerful and we appreciate you and rah rah. Give people the specifics and let them make the decision because you have a winning, you have a winning policy, you have a winning platform. People just gotta hear about it. Erica, um again, I, I think that uh, the point I raised by saying what I said to Ice Cube here and when he was on last time, what I said to Diddy, uh, what I said to Alicia uh, as well. Like, look, it's, it's it's one thing to take your celebrity, to take all of that and say, uh, speak to your following and we should be doing these things here. But the reality is you still have to have infrastructure to see that through. So, for instance, this is real simple. Let's say if you look at the existing polling data. Biden-Harris wins. Okay. Then, if you're Ice Cube, are you walking into the White House by yourself? Mm. If you're Diddy, are you walking in by yourself? I ain't talking about your social media following. Come on now. As opposed to, I'm walking in with infrastructure. Right. I'm walking in with researchers. Yes. I'm walking in with people who are on the policy side, who are on the lobbying side. I'm wa- And I'm letting you know... Exactly. That's it. That... I am prepared to mobilize my following. Yes, that is. To then back this thing up and drop folks on Capitol Hill and drop people on congressional offices around the state. That is what the most important thing that I've said to Diddy and the Ice Cube. You got to have the infrastructure. That's right. Don't go there by yourself. 
the boasting demand. That's right. That if I want this and I don't get it, you're going to pay the price. It can't be a rhetorical thing. It has to be a real thing that you're able to, willing to execute. Your thoughts on that and then Ellen. That's good. That's right, good. because then that requires interest and work. In the land of celebrity, if you demand something, then you can have a team of people put something together and you can have them do the work. What you have just laid out, Roland, requires work. And just thinking about this platform that you've developed, every night, five days a week, there is a walking through of civics lesson. It forces people not just to have hot takes, but to actually wrestle with policy, to actually... No, come on. Okay, it's filtering, you guys. I'm going to go to the next um, episode. It's filtering. 